Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Canine Experts Podcast. Join us as we discuss all the latest advice on training, behavior, grooming, products related to the dog industry, and more. We'll also be interviewing canine professionals from many different levels. Vets, trainers, behaviorists, business owners, and staff from all over the world will be sharing their knowledge and experience. And now, here is your host, Jose Menendez. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Now we have pre-recorded webcast that we'll be launching perhaps tomorrow morning. Thanks again for being here. Um, now that business is opening again, please make sure you follow the guidelines of social distancing. It's very important. Here with us is again Jeff Goldenbeck, and we're going to talk about puppies. A lot of people are getting puppies today, and they need a lot of guidance. So here we go. Jeff Goldenbeck, how are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me on again. Oh, of course, you're famous now. <laughs> yeah. Infamous, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're all over the place anyway. How are your puppies doing? They're good. They're good. My personal pets are good. And as you know, I do the low cost enrichment here for rescues. So I got a bunch of rescue dogs here that are here for my monthly enrichment program. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty much two weeks into the month. So everybody's progressing nicely. That's good. That's good. Remind me again the name of the program. Um, it, it's just, it's me. I, I don't have a company name anymore. I just go by Jeff Colton back. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and I don't do boarding and training here for the public. I just offer that service to nonprofit 501c3 rescues. All right. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't do any like public boarding and training. I just do the low cost option uh, for training for, for rescues. And, uh, you know, I still do private training. So I go to people's homes and stuff right. for the public. But, but here I just have rescue dogs. So. And how are you handling the, uh, the training when you come to people's houses, uh, you know, with the safe distancing and stuff? Yeah, so um, it's funny. I was just talking, I was on another, another uh, dog training forum recently, and we were talking about how we're adjusting to the, the, the lockdown starting to loosen up and stuff. And I just started doing a couple of private sessions. And uh, the first one, um, it was a little awkward, awkward walking into the home because, I, you know, I wasn't sure where they were at emotionally with the pandemic, you know, cause you know, everybody's uh, dealing with this differently. So uh, I wasn't sure how close I should get. And, you know, we just kind of talked through it. And luckily the woman, she, she's a doctor. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah. So her, her mind was, uh, a, a, she had a broader scope of things than lay people like us who are just going off of what we see on the news. Uh, you know, um, so it was a little awkward at first, but you know, i started working the dog and you know once you start working the dog you're working the dog and you know you fall right back into it and uh they had two you know they have two children so we got the kids involved and you know i was able to coach the kids and you know kept a, a decent distance you know it's not like i was right on top of them um you know and so we kind of worked through that part of it and uh, i had another private session where they were an older couple and they were a little more concerned about social distancing um, and I have to respect that it's their home. Oh, of course. You know, so whatever their rules are, the only thing I was pretty firm on, I, you know, I had mentioned to them, I said, you know, we can, we can do all that stuff, but I, I really, and it was a dog that had some behavior issues. And I said, I, I can't meet your dog with my face covered. Uh, that's not how I meet dog, especially dogs with issues. 
I never wear hats or hoodies or right. sunglasses when I'm meeting a new dog. So, and they totally understood that. And we just kind of worked through it. And, um, you know, I, I, I had the mask around my neck in case I needed to get close to the owners for any reason. Um, but I didn't have to, we were able to maintain a comfortable space for them. And, uh, you know, I was able to coach them through some stuff and they had a big open floor plan house anyway. So it was a little easier because uh, I, I, you know, I want them to be comfortable. It's, you know, obviously it's their home, it's their money, their rules, oh, right? Uh, I, absolutely. I, yes. I just had one rule about meeting the dog after that, then we're good. Uh, and they were totally cool with that. So it's, I mean, at the end of the day, and if there's any dog trainers watching this, uh, you know, we have to be flexible, right? We have to be flexible with our clients because it, it is a collaboration and it should be treated as such. Yeah, if they're not comfortable with you doing this, I mean, it's not going to work, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about puppies and training. Um, <laughs> you're very good at this and I love this. So my first question is, you know, I discuss this with so many people, but let's be serious. How old should be a puppy before taking them away from the litter? Because you notice as I do that there are so many dogs that are eight weeks old taken away from that. What are the consequences? Tell me. So, all right, yeah, this is, this is one of those things where, you, you know, we're either going to piss off breeders or we're going to piss off rescues or, you know, I'm just going to tell you what my position is on it. And yeah, let's, let's be honest. Of yeah, course. because, you know, the fact of the matter, I don't know who the hell came up with eight weeks of age as the time to let go of a puppy. Uh, it's just way too early. And I don't care what anybody says. I know exactly why people want to get rid of their puppies at eight weeks of age. Okay. And if you don't know why raise a litter of puppies, you'll be counting down the days until eight weeks comes so you can get them the hell out of your house. Okay. I know. Um, it, it's time consuming. It's a lot of effort. It impacts your quality of life in your house and it's expensive to keep puppies for a long time. Right. Um, you know, really, I mean, 14, 16 weeks is probably a good time for a puppy to leave their litter. Uh, you know, th there's so many crucial social learning experiences that occur, mm -hmm. puppy to puppy and mom to puppy, uh, you know, and, and those experiences, they're important for social development. They really are, uh, you know, and when it comes to rescues, it's a little different, right? I joke around a little bit, you know, because sometimes these rescues, like, I mean, they're finding abandoned litters or, the, you know, they, the, these puppies down south, right? They find litters, the mom is a flight risk takes off. They try to catch the mom, but they can't. So they have no choice but to bottle feed these three week old puppies, you know, so they do the best they can. Well, that's uh, a different story, of course. It, it's a completely different story. And in, in those situations, if it's like an abandoned litter, um, you know, six to eight weeks is fine because, you know, as long as, as long as they're learning some social experiences with their litter mates, that's fine. Um, you know, the main thing is, is that when a, when a puppy is placed prematurely, meaning prior to probably 14 weeks old, um, people should expect a, a learning curve as far as socialization goes throughout the puppy's adolescence. Um, but yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, is that, it, it, you know, they, they really, sh after they achieved or experienced those learning experiences in the litter, then they can start considering to be moved on. And there's a flip side of that too. You could, they could be with the litter too long where they have a dependency on a sibling or something like that. But um, usually the mom takes care of that usually with nursing, right? When, when the mom knows the puppies are done nursing, you'll always have those two stragglers that are trying to get at the teat and the mom will correct them and be like, no, that's it. 
Milk's all dried up. You're on your own, right? <laughs> I am so happy that you mentioned this, uh, this point because uh, that's what I try to explain to my clients when they, you know, we train puppies that they're so young. It's going to be a little harder because they haven't been corrected in the litter. Um, so we have to teach them that. And we have to use sounds, body language, and all this stuff. We have to pretend that we're dogs at the same time. Is, is that right? I, I've growled at puppies, you know, and um, I've yelped, uh, you know, and I, I, I use noises, whether it's a, a whistle or a clap or something, you know, that would uh, disconnect a partic particular behavior, much the, reason, the same reason why a mom would use a, a, a little grumble or an air snap um, or a little shift of the body language to disconnect the puppy's behavior. Uh, you know, and, and if you've seen litters, you know, and then the mom would obviously follow that up with some kind of uh, balanced interaction with the puppy, maybe a lick or a little grooming, um, you know, once the puppy. Do, do you have any videos on your YouTube channel uh, when, uh, you know, about uh, litters and puppies? I don't. I, don't, I, I really, uh, most of my rescue work is with older dogs. Now, I recently had some feral puppies here. I remember and, that, yes. Yeah, and they were, you know, their time here was was a completely different you know my approach was all positive stuff like i i never corrected them because they needed to trust humans um and i really didn't know what their history was or what they were exposed to they were right. they were found in the woods as well they were in a foster home for a short period of time and came to us um i did yelp yelping worked for them to let them know hey don't bite so hard so right. they didn't understand that communication but um, I, I, I didn't use any vocal communication, uh, vocal corrections with them at all. Um, when they got a little older, uh, you know, obviously the one started chewing on my sneaker and I, I was like, Hey, Herbie, you know, and he, he heard the, the change in the tone of my voice. Cause I didn't, and it's like, a, oh. yeah, he was like, what the, and I, was, <laughs> you know, I felt bad, but I'm like, dude, that's my favorite pair of sneakers. You know? <laughs> but <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, I'm not a rich guy. Those sneakers are, you know, I can't afford to. Right. So basically, you want them to trust you before you start correcting them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, with pu the puppies that were here. Um, you know, puppies that balanced puppies that were released from a litter at an appropriate time, they're usually more balanced. They're, they're used to that, uh, you know, the, the correction and the social interaction with litter mates, what's appropriate. They, they already have learned bite inhibition from the mom. So mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff you really don't have to worry about uh, other than dealing razor sharp puppy teeth. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? So with that being said, what do you think is the best age to begin training a puppy? As soon as they walk in the door. As soon, I, I've trained puppies as early as five weeks of age. Um, in fact, it, it's easier to teach a puppy sitting down than it is a two-year-old to teach sitting yeah. down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you just, you, 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 if they're standing, you lure, you know how you lure them and they're asking. You use the mechanical, yeah. Right. Lure them, give them the treat. And then the same thing with, with luring the down behavior. And I tell people all the time when you have a puppy, no carpet. Go right to the tile or the hardwood because you're going to lure them into the down and their ass is just going to slide and they're going to plop into a down. And then you reward that position. Uh, you know, so it, yeah, I, I think it's easier to teach a puppy, especially sitting down, uh, you know, just because their motor skills and their mus muscles aren't developed yet. So they plop into position a little easier when you're lowering. Right. Um, but yeah, as soon as they walk in the door, you, you got to, you know, you want to start, you want to start training them. I, I prefer to use food. Uh, I prefer to use something different than their primary diet. That's just me. Uh, some trainers, same like here. To, some trainers like to use their food and that's fine too. Um, you know, I, I'm, 
I prefer to, especially when I'm teaching something new, um, and the same holds true if I'm working with a, a dog with behavioral issues, if I'm using food, uh, you know, I, I want the food value to be high, right? You so, get a better response, of course, it's more motivation. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's kind of my, my mindset. And you know, hey, if, if just taking a piece of kibble works, that's fine too. I, you know, whatever works for each person, uh, you know, it's totally cool. I, you know, we, you know how it is. We, we all have our little different ways of doing things, but at the end of the day, operant conditioning is operant conditioning. So <laughs> correct, correct. So training the puppy at an early age is it's very good and also helps you to correct their behavior. You know, the natural behavior, the uh, nipping and chewing and stuff like that. Yeah, and the, the thing with teaching obedience from the get go is a lot of times, you know, if you're starting real, if you start right away teaching a young pup, let's say sit, right. Uh, if you can shape that behavior and really we're talking a couple of days, it doesn't take long. People think it takes weeks and weeks because, you know, you, you go to these pet co's and pet smarts and they have these eight week programs. And I'm like, really, you should teach sit down, come and stay in about a half hour. <laughs> right? With, with a puppy, right. As far as foundation. Now, obviously it takes time to achieve reliability. Um, you know, but I mean, you can really shape foundation behaviors pretty quickly. And if you have a strong foundation of behaviors, you can avoid behavioral problems because your focus is on all good stuff. The dog never develops right. poor behavior, right? And that's, that's always the best approach is obviously uh, having, you know, training a dog and not having to deal with behavioral issues per se. Uh, Jeff, sorry for interrupting you. Uh, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. Uh, dear audience, please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. again thanks so much for waiting so what i found a, like, a little difficult is when people are trying to do the potty training training first uh potty training training <laughs> first and uh, they lack on the practicing of basic commands um so don't you think sometimes we should tell them just focus on one thing at a time and then go to the next step um yeah i um yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I, obedience training to me is an all day, every day thing. You know, I mean, it's good to set time aside, but I'm very big into resource control or nothing in life is for free. Some people have heard of it mentioned that way where, you know, you teach puppies, you know, a couple of obedience commands, but their whole life is all about earning resources, right? right? Food, treats, affection, playtime, toys, right? And all it takes make make the puppy sit before you give them that resource, right? So you could really incorporate training into the dog and the and the owner's life, and you don't have to set time aside. So I mean, it's important to set time aside to work on stuff, but once they're learning, you implement the resource control regimen, and then you're working obedience and housebreaking concurrently. You don't have to separate the two. Uh, I understand what you're saying, but you know. You could certainly do both at the same time, uh, at least, you know, for me, I, you know, I, I, if the puppy has the capacity to deal with a lot of information, go for it. Uh, you'll know if the puppy doesn't because the puppy doesn't know what you want. 
and uh, and that's okay too. Puppies are individuals just like we are. So, uh, you know, with just like the feral puppies I had here, right? We talked about that. All three of them progressed at their own individual paces. I couldn't force one to catch up to the other. Uh, you know, that that wasn't my job. My job was to help them become the best versions of themselves. And that holds true for any puppy owner. Support their progress uh, at their own individual, you know, rate, especially with housebreaking and stuff. And and then we could talk about wee wee pad training and all that stuff. Um, you know, that's also an individual choice. Absolutely. I mean, um, I'm kind of against the wee wee pad, <laughs> but you know, it works for certain dogs, of course, and certain people. I mean, when you have a small apartment, a small dog, you know, you don't want to have a Newfoundland uh, pin on the wee wee pad, of course not. <laughs> yeah, I uh, in high rises, especially when I was up when I still lived in New Jersey. You know, I was going into Manhattan a lot and. You know, people were living, you know, they had to walk down six flights of steps with a puppy. That puppy ain't making it six flights of steps. Oh, no. You know, so, you know, there, there's exceptions to the rule. I'm not a fan of wee-wee pad training either. Now, again, the, the puppies that were just here, they were feral puppies, extreme flight risks. I, they had to be wee-wee pad trained. I let them pee in the house on the pads um, because they, you know, I even, you know, they, they had no exposure to leash work. Uh, and again, I was building trust, helping them trust humans. Right. I put a leash and collar, even a leash and harness on them. It freaked them out. It was totally detrimental to their progress. So I had no choice but to teach them on the wee-wee pad, which helped really quickly. Um, you know, so if someone is going to wee-wee pad train your dog, uh, you know, the, the important thing is, is to do it as briefly as possible and to make sure that you don't have the wee-wee pads where they eat. Um, and you slowly move the wee-wee pad closer and closer to the door that you're going to exit your home to take them on, you know, pee and poop breaks. Right. Um, you know, but just don't, don't, don't expect that that's going to happen in one day. You have to do it slowly. <laughs> it, takes, it takes time. Yeah. And you know, the smaller the dog, the longer they're going to house break because the bigger their, their environment, the den, right. That, yeah. That's, that's, that's the whole purpose of crate training, right. Is so dogs don't pee and poop where they eat and sleep. Right. Correct. So Correct. we crate train, then we give them from the crate to a room, then we give them two rooms, then three rooms, then the house, right? That, that, that's kind of the progression over the course of however many, many months it takes to house, house train a dog. Um, smaller puppies, it takes a little more time, uh, you know, like Yorkies and um, partly because they don't have the bladder strength to hold it in as long as larger animals. But uh, it's, it's a progression. It's a slow progression. Right. That's something I always explain, you know, to remember they have a small bladder that is going to grow and grow and the muscles around is just normal. Don't expect that your puppy is going to be house trained in just one month. It takes several months, several months. Yep. What's your uh, position between crate training or not crate training? I am very animate about crate training. Um, I, I think Same people here. <laughs> are doing their dogs a great disservice by not crate training them, especially if they feel bad or it's a prison. It's just ridiculous. If you crate train properly, and I've, I have crate training videos on, on my YouTube channel. I did a Facebook Live on crate training. Uh, and you can introduce a crate to a dog of any age. If you do it right, it's not jail. It's not prison. We don't use crates for punishment. And anyone Correct. using a crate for punishment is creating a negative association with the crate. And that I have a problem with. Yes. Uh, but, you know, creating, crate training is important, obviously, for housebreaking, right? For destruction. It's safer for the dog because puppies get into stuff. And they get in trouble fast. So uh, 
a puppy, especially young pups, should be crated when they are unsupervised. Uh, and, you know, uns people think supervision means they're home with the puppy. And, you know, and, and now we're doing, oh, no. <laughs> we're doing, we're doing a webcast today, right, yes. Jose? Yes, yes. Okay, good. Okay, so I'm looking at Jose. Let's say Jose is the puppy, okay? Right now, Jose, he is supervised because I'm looking at him. Now Jose is unsupervised, right? So it, it, it was the, <laughs> I didn't move, right? I just turned my back from Jose, but he was unsupervised. Supervision means you can see the puppy. If you can't see the puppy, the puppy is unsupervised. If you're cooking or doing laundry or vacuuming or doing, or on the phone, your puppy is unsupervised. And Jose, you can attest to this, how many times we get calls from people, whether it was a dog bite or the dog did something, and the owner says, I turned around for just a minute, or I just went to answer the phone. It's always, I just did this real quick. Supervise, supervise, supervise. If you can't supervise, that puppy should be in the crate. Uh, additionally, you know, we're gonna wean the dog off the crate at some point, but God forbid your dog ever needs medical attention in the future and needs to be hospitalized or uh, emergency situation, you have to board your puppy or dog somewhere. The dog is going to be accustomed to a confined space because you did that when the puppy was young, right? Uh, and you know, the worst he's going to be comfortable, of course, right there, you expose them to it, right? A crate is, you know, it's not, it's not jail. It's not a death sentence. And it's not the life the dog is going to live. It's a temporary regimen for housebreaking and environmental management. It's like their bedroom. That's it. How many, how many times you, you see dogs, they go in and lay down on their own. Exactly. They are comfortable there. Yeah. I, I've had people, I've had clients, they tried taking the crate away. The dog why yeah got anxious so they put the crate back up and they took the door off like the dog loved the crate right we're going back again with what it is you know they are creatures of habit yeah and the positive association when introduced properly the crate is a great place for them that's where they eat that's where they sleep that's where they get their recreational chews i'm glad that you mentioned that i tell many people feed them in the crate even if the gate is open just feed them in the crate so they feel comfortable everything good happens in the crate don't push your dog into the crate just yeah. let it go in by itself and reward the fact that they're doing something good yeah absolutely and e even if if the crate has to be used for an lack of a better word for punishment right and what i mean by that is let's say that the puppy got into something and you have to put the puppy away right because you got to right. clean up the mess or something right I tell people all the time now you know in your mind you're that puppy you pissed you off and you're putting the puppy in the crate because you got to tend to stuff right just pause for a minute take a breath go get a yummy treat you know come on let's go baby let's go get in make it as positive as possible you don't want to put the puppy in the crate in an angry or frustrated state of mind pause for a second deep breath get a cookie nice and positive come on get in the crate you mother <laughs> you know just make it positive Right. You know, it's so important body language. I mean, body language is so many things, you know, what they hear, what they see, what they smell. It's, it's, it's just related. But I mean, people are be so happy to see and, and listen to this. Believe me. So great training versus no great training versus no great training. I agree with you. Great training is the best way to go. It's easy for everybody and it's safe for everybody as well, especially for the puppies to get into trouble. Now, when should, uh, uh, owners should start socialization. I mean, we already know that they have to be updated with all the health records just to avoid any problems. 
but when it should be a right age to start socialization. Okay, so this is where a lot of us in the dog training community have some conflict with veterinarians, um, obviously because of shots and, and inoculations and all that kind of stuff, um, which I still, I'm, you, know, you know I'm doing this a long time, it's still, I, I understand the safety precautions, right? We don't want to take our puppy that hasn't had all shots to a dog park or to a daycare facility, right? That's a high risk area. Um, but so is the vet, <laughs> right? The, the vet is the highest risk area to bring a puppy, right? And they, so the, the vets are telling these dog owners not to do anything with their dog until the dog gets all their shots, which is really 16 weeks or four months of age. It's about when you missed so much socialization that you cannot get back. So to, to help people find the balance, I say, look, okay, I understand you follow your vet's advice. I'm not a medical doctor, not at liberty to, to give you medical advice, but I could tell you this, you are seriously hindering your dog's social progress by not socializing them. So at least at minimum, get a lot of people around the dog. If you have friends, that have dogs and you know those dogs are healthy, you get your puppy around those animals immediately. You don't have to go out in a public place. You could do it in the people's homes or they can come to your house. That puppy needs to be around dogs and people. That puppy also needs to be exposed to different environments, right? And I get it, you know, people don't wanna put their puppies on the ground if they don't have all their shots, that's fine. Take the, take the puppy to Home Depot, take a little towel, put the towel in the cart, drive your puppy around, right? Let people interact with your puppy. Get your puppy out in different environments. The earlier, the better. You know, they Absolutely. will understand. The earlier, the better, and the more, the better. I tell people all the same thing. As soon as you think you brought your puppy to enough places for socialization, add one more. <laughs> yeah, step and by step. Socialization never ends. Hey, Jeff, hold on one sec. We have to go to commercials. We'll be right back. Don't go anyway, people. back again thanks so much for waiting so socialization Jeff okay uh, I just had a video consult not too long ago the the owners they did all the right stuff all the stuff that we're talking about but stopped when the puppy was six months old now <laughs> fast forward the dog's a year and a half old is socially deficient because they thought they socialized their dog take the D off the end socialize 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 always you're bringing everywhere around, exposing to as much as you can so they can learn and you can actually be better. Yeah, and do that throughout adolescence into adulthood. If your puppy's, you know, if your dog reaches three, three years old and you don't socialize as much, you're good. As long as you, you took those first couple of years and you really socialize the hell out of your dog, your dog is going to be better off.
That's great to know. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I, I agree with you totally in this. You know, the more that you're posting is the better they learn. And, and it's easy for you. You don't have to go after these puppies when they just develop these bad behaviors, territorial behaviors. They don't want anybody into your house. They don't want to go into any places. Why? Lack of socialization. And it's, it's been tough lately with the whole virus. You know, I mean, some people have yes. gotten young dogs and, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. Uh, we didn't have visitors, right? So, you know, I mean, those are, you know, that, that's, a, that's a really odd exception to the rule. People, they just couldn't socialize their dog. I mean, it was just the way it was, but, you know, it is what it is. We do the best we can, but that's why people like you and me, we're here to help people overcome those things because uh, even if a dog isn't socialized fully, we could still affect some positive change even later in life. Yeah, absolutely. There's always a chance to correct that. Absolutely. So um, when we do training, when we train a dog, you know, it, it's really practice, practice, be consistent and be willing to work with your dog every single day for a period of time so they learn. And then it comes to the walking part. Uh, some people pretend to start walking uh, a little puppy that doesn't even know how to really <laughs> stand up yet. <laughs> and they pretend that the dog is going to learn to walk in one week. How does that work? Yeah, with puppies, I mean, it's really an individual thing as far as a, 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 a young puppy's capacity to deal with a collar and a leash. Uh, people have to understand dogs were not created to have tethers on them. That's why we have so many dogs that have leash anxiety issues, right? They're, they just weren't meant to be. So much like crate training with a young puppy, we want to expose this dog to a leash and collar in the most positive way possible. Um, the best thing to do is, uh, you know, and whether it's a collar or a harness, we could talk about which thing we're using to control them, but um, for, put it on them and do nothing. Don't put the leash on, just put the collar or the harness, let them walk and around And get used house. to it. Just let them get used to it. Um, if, if they're a little uncomfortable, you might see some scratching, right? Because just because they're not used to having it, right? Right. Again, now we go back to high value food, right? Um, one of the reasons why we use high value food in this particular case, it would be to technically pre, you know, disconnect the dog from messing with the collar. The high value treat is going to preoccupy them from the collar. So that's something we can do. Um, you can also give the puppy like a puppy chew or something to preoccupy them when you first put the collar or harness on. Um, but you, you want them to get used to the feel of it first. And then you would put the leash on uh, and I recommend using like a three or four foot, very, very, very light leash. Uh, and again, just connect it to the harness of the collar. Don't hold it and just let the puppy roam around the house with that. Let the puppy get used to seeing something dragging behind it. Right. Um, you know, and, and again, just like everything else, it's a slow progression. Uh, and you know, some puppies you put a leash collar on them and you just walk and they're fine. Yeah, it is true. It is you know, true. Some and most require some work. Exactly. And then how you have to teach, you know, leash pressure so they can understand when you pull a little, they come to you and you have to reward that. But the earlier, the better. So just put a dog with the collar, put the collar on the dog right away and let it get used to it. Yep. Now, boundaries in the house. Um, it bothers me a little, but I want to talk to you about this is when people just bring the dogs to the house. I mean, they're freaking adorable. <laughs> How can you say no? You put it on your laps, you play with them, and then after a few weeks, you allow them to be on the couch, on your bed, and you know what happened after that. And then what the you're dog, taking on this? Then the dog owns the house, and <laughs> so you know, 
again, this is an individual owner thing and an individual dog thing. Some dogs, they can just have free roam from the get-go. You can spoil the hell out of them. They never experience any behaviors. Many dogs will develop certain um, condition, certain conditioning based on environmental factors like people giving them too much freedom. Right. I, I tell people, look, a young puppy, a young adult, or even a new rescue dog, they're coming into this new environment and they are going to engage in behaviors that suit them. Those behaviors may not necessarily align with the owner's expectations. So we need to make sure that we do, we do restrict access initially. Again, this is where crate training comes in handy. If you can't supervise the pup, the pup's got to be in the crate because puppies, especially puppies, right? With the puppy teeth, they're teething. They are in pain constantly. The way they alleviate that pain is chew on stuff, right? If it's a chair, uh, yeah, it might upset you a little, not the end of the world. You got a little scrape of wood, not too big of a deal. What if it's a wire or carpet, right? Wires, obviously, electrical wires can cause serious Big danger, yes. For obvious reasons. Carpet can cause intestinal issues if they ingest it. Uh, that's why bedding is important too with the crate, which we really didn't touch on. Uh, don't use towels. Don't have towels because towels, they get very sh- shreddy and, fray- and frayed, right? And if a puppy ingests that, it's dangerous. Uh, shoes, slippers, remote control, electronics, all this stuff. Puppies experience the world with their mouths. So um, having, having strict rules uh, and supervision early on is very important. The whole lap thing, Huh, Jose, how many little foofy dogs have you worked with that if they're held, they're little terrors. They won't let anyone near their person, right? That's because they're, oh, you know. Exactly. Dogs have four legs. They should be on the floor. Yep. That's, that's my rule of thumb, right? Now, when we train our dogs and we socialize them, we develop a good relationship and they look to us for decisions and they start acting appropriately then yeah, I'm, I cuddle with my pit bulls. Exactly. <laughs> we sleep with them, but this is after the relationship is developed. And you know what, even to this day, and they're older now, sometimes they're in bed before we get there. I get them off, off, good boy, good girl. I make them sit, I fluff my pillows, I get in my spot and then I call them up. I don't like lay all around them, like, no, get the hell up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get up. I'm getting my spot. Then they earn, again, we go back to resource control. They earn the privilege of coming up in bed. I want them up in bed as much as they want to be up in bed. Same here. <laughs> all I'm doing is making them do a little obedience command for it. Right. That's all. When you set the boundaries first, they will learn to respect. And then you can allow them to do things because they're behaving well. You know that nothing wrong is going to happen after that. But you have to make sure they understand that they have to give permission first. Exactly, yeah. And you know, I mean, that's like we talk about all the time. Why do we have dogs? We wanna spoil them and, and cuddle with them and all that stuff. Just do it on our terms and make them work for it. That's it. Yeah, it just takes a little time. First train your dog, then allow it to do whatever. You know, they're going to be fine, but make sure that you set the boundaries first. Feeding with the puppies. Letting the food out there all day and potty training. Do you think that works? Yeah, big thing with potty training is scheduling. And you know, you have, you have to have a puppy on a strict feeding schedule. And we can get into how many times a day, generally two to three times a day. Some, some puppies need more 
yes. feedings. Obviously, that's something that is an individual puppy thing. But generally speaking, uh, you know, the more consistent their schedule, it, their in their ingestion schedule is, the more consistent their outgoing schedule will be. If you know what I mean, right? Oh yeah. What goes in has to come out, right? Exactly. And one thing about young puppies, you know, they have, people have to remember is once food enters their stomach and initiates a gastric reflex, they have to poop. It's just how they do it, right? I mean, that's that's how animals work. I mean, really, that's how humans work too, but we're taught to not shit our pants when we're walking down the street, right? Right, we can hold it, we can hold it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's frowned upon, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. All, all kidding aside, right? I mean, if a puppy eats, they have to go out right pretty quickly, right? Um, because, but that's the important part of scheduling, right? If we feed them in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night, um, that schedule is going to help train their bodies when they need to eliminate. So yeah, very, um, very important part, uh, point. Oh, my puppy doesn't want to eat. I just going to leave the food there. Mm, 30 minutes, one hour, and then you forget. Five to 10 minutes, that's it. Oh, you're, you're much more gratuitous than I am. So if, if there's no medical issues, because obviously some dogs, you know, th there might be a medical condition where they need food out all day or something. Right. But with, with puppies, um, yeah, I mean, they eat, most puppies are pretty good eaters anyway. Sometimes, rarely you have picky eaters, but sometimes it happens. You can mix in some chicken broth or they have all those food toppers now, or you can mix in some canned food if, if you're feeding dry. Um, you know, people who are feeding cans or raw, um, which is the best for puppies, right? Uh, you know, yes. they usually gobble out right up. We don't have any issues with leaving food out, but food is, you know, it, it should be a controlled resource, right? So we put that food down, they eat. And if you give it, however long you give it, I generally with puppies, it's a little different because we're feeding them in the crate for crate training purposes. So if we left it in there for five or 10 minutes, not a big deal. As they get older, um, controlling that food resource is even more important just because we don't want uh, we don't want the dog to develop, to become a picky eater or worse, that food is left out all day. That dog may think that they are in control of that resource. We want that resource coming from us. We want to be the provider of that resource. Exactly. Um, don't leave the food out there. Please take it away. Yeah. <laughs> remember yeah. that. Right. And Jeff, it, again, it goes back to, you know, let's say the dog is a, it's adult now, six or seven years old. You have absolutely no issues with the dog and the dog grazes. It's fine, but that's down the road. Puppies, you want you. Everything is about schedule and structure. Schedule and structure. Yeah, you have to be very consistent in that part. I mean, when you have an, a rescue dog that is older, and then you have the potty training to do, it works in the same way, correct? Absolutely, especially with a rescue dog. We don't know if they, we don't know if they've ever been exposed to the interior of a home, right? So scheduling is important because if they lived outside, especially down here in the south, the way they treat dogs down here uh you know the these some of these dogs never been inside a home so they pretty much just eat and crap oh wow so that's why crate training and and again treating a, a an adult or young adult rescue dog is similar to treating an eight-week-old puppy always supervise that's extremely important um how about the toys and, and chewable things that you leave out there for the puppies I believe that they get used to it and they get bored and they go after something else. How does it work for you? Yeah, I, I like rotating personally. I, I think having, it, it does keep their interest a little bit. I think, and I, I admitted, I'm going to admit something here. Maybe 
it makes me feel a little better too. Because <laughs> I, I give them some variety and I'm human. You know, I mean, I'm a dog trainer, but I'm human. I like to rotate toys for variety. Uh, but boredom can, can set in and you know, it, do, it doesn't matter what's on the floor, whether it's a toy or not, or whether you're rotating, puppies are getting it. So it's more about be aware of what's on the floor, let alone what toy is on the floor, because if it's a sneaker or a cell phone or whatever, it's going, a toy the for them. Yeah. It's going in the puppy's mouth. Oh right? yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I like rotating because, you know, for, you know, I was goofing around earlier, but, you know, just for, for a variety of reasons to keep their interest. Uh, and also certain toys can't be left in the crate with them. Like we don't want a toy that they could tear up and ingest in the crate, right? Because that could be dangerous if they right. ingest something like that. But with a lot of these puppy teething toys like Nyla bones and stuff, a young pup isn't really going to get into trouble with something like that. No, not really. Of course. You know, I mean, obviously there's exceptions to that rule. Kongs are probably good. People People aren't familiar with Kongs. They kind of look like this. You could stuff them with stuff. Uh, these are generally safe to leave in a crate with a puppy. We're going to have to call the Kong company <laughs> for promoting. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah we, we, I, we're not getting sponsorship by this. I no, just, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I just like them. Um, you know. Do you like rawhides? Ew. Yeah, that's what I think. It's never, <laughs> ever, ever give rawhide. Um, aside from the uh, the digestion issue, which they can't digest skin, uh, the chemicals and all the crap that goes into rawhide is just, it's horrendous. Um, don't ever, ever give your dog rawhide. Uh, I always err, err on the side of animal parts, uh, like um, bully sticks, which is basically bull penis, so it's a muscle. Um, you know, cow ears aren't bad, it's mostly cartilage. Um, beef tendons, trachea, duck feet, chicken feet, stuff like that. Now with puppies, whether it's a toy or a new recreational chew, the first time you give a puppy anything new, always supervise that encounter. Absolutely. You need to gather that information and see how the puppy is going to interact with that toy or chew. Yeah, some puppies get a little anxious when it's about food and they just try to go through the whole thing. And in, instead just calming down your puppy, you're just making your puppy more anxious. Mm -hmm. So, no raw highs at all. Of course not. Mm -mm. Jeff, this has been so much fun. I bet a lot of this evidence is going to start calling and calling and calling again. So, how do you do that? How do you do this? Um, I'm going to ask you to upload this to YouTube channel. Would that be okay? Yeah, sure. I'll upload it to my channel. All right. I'm going to send you the file after we're done and then you can just put it on. This is so good. Believe me. So good. I'm so happy that you came in and shared this experience with, no, your I'm, knowledge with us. I'm, I'm glad you asked me back on. I love doing it and I, I, I love collaborating with you. Thank you so much. We work really well together. That's true. That is true. Hey, Jeff, thank you so much for this webcast. It's going to be a podcast again and we hope to have you here the next month. All right. Sounds good, man. Hey, Jeff. Thanks again. Have a good one. You too. Thanks again, dear audience. Don't forget to tune up the next Monday for our second podcast, Season 2. Thanks for listening to the Canine Experts Podcast. Don't be afraid to shoot us a message at info at canineexperts.com. Call us at 973-564-6100 and ask anything related to the canine world. Don't forget to visit our blog site, www.canineexperts.com slash blog where you'll find great info on all the topics. Be sure to tell everyone about our podcast and please subscribe. Stay tuned.